Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. From the Race Across America studios in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to Ram Radio. Great show for you today. Visiting with a number of the team and crew from Team C to C. In fact, I hate even saying team and crew because you're really a team, aren't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. We try. Well, you tried very well. Let's have you each introduce yourselves. Right. Tina, let's start with you. Uh, tell us your name and how you came to be on this team. Hi, I'm Tina Amen um, from Alexandria, Virginia, and uh, well, I've dreamed about doing RAM since the late 90s, mid to late 90s, when I started riding tandems, sort of kept putting it to the back shelf, and uh, when Carolyn, who's also on this podcast, completed RAM in 2012, I went to the finish line to watch her team finish and resolved in my mind that someday I was going to make it to RAM. And so when uh, Jack Chen and Dan Berlin came up with this idea, um, I'd been toying with the idea of trying to put together a team myself, but because they were already starting to do the work, I just jumped on their bandwagon and said, uh, you know, why reinvent the wheel? We should all work together instead of having two separate efforts. And so um, because of they dreamed up this team um, and I'd been looking to do RAM, it, and it just all worked out perfectly. Fantastic. Jim, tell us a little about yourself. So I'm Jim Holden. Um, I'm from Claremont, California. And um, I was friends with Dan Berlin and his wife, Sheila, from uh, maybe 15 years ago. I worked with each of them at different companies. And we kept in touch through Facebook. And earlier this year, they gave me a call and said, hey, would you be interested in volunteering for this? So I said yes. And away we went. Carolyn Gaynor? Hi, uh, Carolyn Gaynor. I, uh, how did I get on this team? Well, Tina and I, well, obviously Tina showed up at the finish line when I finished in 2012 with uh, a four-man team for Team Red, White, and Blue, and she didn't mention that that was at like 3.30 in the morning um, on a Monday. <laughs> so um, I'd wanted to do it again since 2012, and Tina and I had talked about doing it, but again, I know how complicated it is to put together a team. And so when I found out about what Jack and Dan were doing and I think that they were, they ended up choosing a stoker who did have to step down, but he and I had discussed partnering up on Tina's team. And so I sort of stayed on the team even after um, the stoker I was originally supposed to ride with um, backed down, but this was massively a bucket list item for me. Nate. 
Uh, I got invited uh, by a friend, Steve Letnis, who's doing the soundtrack for the documentary about this. And he said, you know, Nate, I'm working on this really exciting project. The director's going to be amazing. And, uh, you know, I know you're too busy, but this is what I'm doing. And I said, wait a minute, Steve. Maybe I'm not too busy. This sounds like just the right thing. And this was, I suppose, uh, April, uh, right before the uh, second training camp. I had never heard of RAM. I am not an extreme athlete at all. And uh, so it was amazing to find out that this, this kind of thing existed and that a group was coming together for this and that I could get the time off of my various obligations and work. And uh, I ended up uh, being able to do the entire thing. Kyle? Uh, I'm Kyle Kuhn. I live in Carbondale, Colorado. Um, and I got involved with Team CC and RAM. Um, RAM has been a bucket list item for me um, since college. Um, I heard about it. I was, a, uh, I, I was a spinning registered instructor, and the guy who developed the spinning registered program um, had been training to do RAM, and um, I just thought it sounded really cool and crazy, so I, I kind of pushed it to the back burner. Um, and then um, I saw a Facebook post that Jack and Dan had created re- recruiting cyclists and I uh, I was just kind of like I'll throw my name in the hat see if uh, see if I'm good enough to get selected and um, they actually you know after talking with them and interviewing with them they selected me as the alternate stoker and um, I also came on to help out with some of the the marketing and the Facebook and um, that kind of stuff and then when uh, when one of our other stokers had to uh, step down Jack and Dan asked me to step up and so I uh, was more than happy to and super super excited uh, to join the team and just be a part of it it was a total blast now Jim Nate I want to start with you two with this question but uh, Tina Carolyn Kyle please feel free to jump in but uh, Ram is tough enough with a four-person relay two-person relay or a solo to have the coordination and logistics to put a tandem relay team together is beyond my imagination. When you guys took this on, did you have any idea what you were stepping into? <laughs> That's an easy one, and absolutely not. Not the slightest idea. Um, I, I knew that uh, people would be exhausted and tired and hungry and on weird schedules with no sleep and, uh, and at their absolute worst. Uh, I knew that there would be potential for uh, conflict and disappointment, but along with every one of those things would also be the potential for the polar opposites with the, the victories, the good communications, the touching moments, and the rest of those things. And um, I knew with my background, I could bring calm to it, if nothing else. And if not much more, I could at least bring calm. Uh, my job officially was just an RV driver, which uh, while it's not the most glamorous, you technically need RV drivers. So I, I, I did that. And um <laughs> really tried to make sure that anytime anybody came across, I could at least be mellow and contribute to a positive bottom line. And I hope that I did that for all of you on the, on the trip. Oh yes, That you did. Yeah. And, and, and Nate, you, you, you give too little credit to the RV drivers because they were scrambling for one and none of us van and shuttle people wanted to volunteer for it. So um, <laughs> I would say that you were very important. Um, I appreciate that <laughs> so too. So for me, Agreed. I, 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 I knew what RAM was, um, so I kind of had an idea what I was getting into. And I used to do adventure racing, so I was kind of used to the team dynamic with no sleep, no food, being lost, being angry. So um, 
I, I actually actually expected to get less sleep and less showers than we got. So I was actually excited at the end of it that it was it wasn't as bad as I made it out to be in my own mind. So I've, that was a positive that I was able to make it worse than it was. So, <laughs> Riders, anything to add to this? So I, I'm the only one on the team that had done Rams, Carolyn. Um, and I remember just how insane it was six years ago. So I felt like for a year I was like sort of banging on a drum saying like, guys, this is going to be really hard. And it exceeded my expectations. I was actually surprised at how much fun I had because um, I had been listening to Carolyn all this time and <laughs> trying to imagine how hard it was going to be and what strategies I would use to cope. And I was amazed most time. I just ended up hanging out in the RV smiling or riding my bike, which is one of the most fun things to do. And um, I just, I actually was in shock. I was like, maybe I'm not riding hard enough or trying hard enough or something because I'm just having a great time and uh, and, and really for, for the most part all through it. Kyle? Well, yeah, it was, it was, it was really kind of the same for me. I, I, you know, I've been, I, I've been listening to people and reading about Ram and um, people just kept telling me, Oh my gosh, it's going to be the hardest thing you ever do in your life. And, um, you know, I just, I just trained my butt off and, um, and what, what wound up happening was I just, I just wound up, you know, I, I keep telling people I had the easiest job on the, uh, on the team. I got to sit on the back of a tandem and just pedal and ride my bike and climb a lot of hills and ride a lot of miles. And, um, it was really, it was really funny. Um, um, Panu, one of our, one of our other drivers um he you know they got a great video of Panu like running up beside um my pilot chris and me um we're, we're riding up yarnell grade and and he's like if you're smiling and laughing you're not you're not biking hard enough and and we just we can't stop laughing hysterically because we're just having so much fun on a fun on a bike and um, yeah i mean there were definitely stressful situations but um i think for the most part i i just i just had a blast with um you know great people and um, just had a ton of fun riding my bike. <laughs> well, now I sound negative. Now, the potential for conflict is <laughs> huge here. So what I'd really like to find out, one of the first questions I asked you when you finished was how much did you train together? And the response was not much. We did two training camps together. How did you gel together as partners on the bike? Tina, let's start with you. Um, well, I, um, so on this trip, I rode with two different people. I rode with Carolyn and with Pamela as pilots and both of them I raced with many times before. And, and, uh, especially when I mean, with Carolyn, I've been racing with her since 2010. And, uh, so, so for me, it was kind of like having a reunion with old friends as far as the biking went. Um, I've had great races with both of them, um, you know, just tons of fun cycling. And, and in fact, I was just so happy that uh, both of them ended up on the team and that it worked out that I got to ride with both of them on this race because, you know, they're two of my dearest friends in the world and they're two of my favorite, favorite people to race with. So, um, so for me, even though we didn't train together for Ram per se, a lot of the time I was able to bring our experiences in the past to bear, to figure out, um, you know, how to get along, um, what things to ask for. Um, and most of the time, what things not to say, I did say a couple of things that weren't 
Um, the bathroom was told not to talk like that anymore. Um, so, uh, so there was plenty of back and forth trying to figure out, you know, how to make it all work. But um, essentially, for me, it was like riding with old friends. But even riding with old friends, you can be on and like each other. But if you have a different riding style, you can be in for a miserable time. Carolyn? Well, so I'm going to say Tina's so, so small that, like... She's pretty easy to ride with generally, and, like, she can just sit on a bike literally forever. Um, <laughs> I will say Kyle and I had sort of an interesting situation because we both didn't really know our pilot. I mean, our stokers, rather. Sorry, Kyle didn't know his pilot. I didn't know my stoker very well. Um, and really, this the issue I ran into was Jack's a new cyclist. I think um, I think he probably I, I didn't I haven't listened to the podcast yet, but I don't know if he mentioned that he um, I don't know if he underestimated what Ram was, but like he felt it pretty hard day two. So Pamela and I both rode with Jack and tried to teach him what we knew really, and he learned it and handled it, and by the end of the race was a pro. I think that addresses a very important thing. If you're looking for what made this team so successful uh, for other teams that are future teams listening, is that there was this this general air that they've talked about how much they were having fun. They shared that with the crew. They talked about the things they learned uh, from each other and brought out that was good in each other, and they shared that with the crew. So every time they came around, it wasn't some sort of a, a terribly stressed cyclist coming in and demanding something uh, to take care of these needs that are clearly not being met on whatever number of hours of sleep they get a day. But instead, it's this thing of, of gratitude and Tina telling the stories when she got on the RV and hearing what everybody else's successes were around this whole trip really helped bring morale up the entire time. So it really was like a whole group of people on a for fun adventure with this kind of prevailing experience of a pleasure to be around one another and all the things we were capable of doing as a team. So I didn't see Although, much at all of any of these terror stories that other people had mentioned, not with this crew anyway. Well, Jim should probably answer that because he saw me literally at my absolute worst. I had a couple of major meltdowns. Like, I'm not going to whitewash this. I cried more times in Ram than I expected to. Like, cried, was furious. Like, there's no reason to pretend that this was all, like, you know, smiles and rainbows. It was really, like, really hard. The physical side wasn't as hard. And honestly, the Stokers ended up being peacekeepers in a way because I know Pamela had similar intense feelings. It is very stressful. But what was amazing, even if you love the person, (laughs) what was amazing, though, is that you recovered every time. And after a period of time, you still came back and were able to bring your A game to the thing. And like you talked about, everybody learned from this and moved on from it, which it didn't have to happen that way. No, that's very, very true. I just don't want it to sound like it was always super easy, you know. (laughs) But it was. Oh, no, it was definitely not super easy. (laughs) But the, but the personalities to have Jim, I do want know, to hear from you. I mean, you're in the van, <laughs> so I think and you know. People are coming in saying, "Hey, that, I want this food." And Jim picked yeah, up. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. I don't, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Hello. Yep. Oh, yep. sorry. Go so I think you know. Before we get into the 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 stresses, I just want to say you know you had what? There's 28 of us total. I mean that that for the, 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 the few instances of stress that we had versus the, the lots of time we spent laughing. I mean, these, these riders were getting in the backs of the vans, getting off their half hour or 20 minute or 
sometimes 40-minute pulls when they weren't expecting a 40-minute pull. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> you know, and most of the time there was jokes and laughter and, and, you know, but yeah, of course, you know, everybody's tired, everybody's um, stressed and hungry and all of that. So there's going to be, you know, meltdowns as, as it were, but that's, I don't know. I can't imagine any team not having that. So it's how you deal with it. And I think as a team, yep. you know, we dealt with it very well. You deal with what you need to on the course, things that aren't, aren't related to the course you deal with later we get that straightened out and we go. So I think we did an excellent job of that. I've been on, you know, adventure racing teams, you know, hear them just fall apart in the middle of the night and that's it for the team. Mm-hmm. Ram the same thing, right? We had crew members from those other teams quit two days in. That's, I think, you know, wow. for, for the number of people and the number of racers that we had and, and dealing with some of the, the things with tandems and, and visually impaired people, it was an amazing experience. I think the, the caliber of people we had on this team from a personality standpoint was just, I was shocked at how easy it was from that standpoint. Well, from a rider standpoint, the crew is what got me through it. Like, I mean, that's why I want to like thank Jim because Jim like gave me a hug when I was like having a meltdown. I mean, if the crew hadn't been there to support not only just the basic needs, but also emotional needs, it would have been a whole lot harder. Our crew was next level. Amazing. Yeah, I know the crew was incredible. (laughs) Thank you very much. We had fun doing it. And that's the thing is that the way you presented it, um, you, cause you, it's about the writers. Uh, ultimately the story is, and, the way that you handled that by appreciating your crew, I never once felt like it was menial, menial labor when I was sitting there dumping an RV septic tank. It just seemed like, you know, this is what I'm going to do to help these guys get through it. And if that's my job today, all right. And granted, I wasn't the only one. There were others who, who had the, the pleasure. But, and the, for, for the records, the way we handled this is that the, it was only riders who were allowed to use our showers and our toilets as needed. The rest of us made do. Uh, for anybody who's done that before, you can figure that out as you need to. So uh, when it came down to time to empty these things, it it was not something that it was delegated to me because I was low ranking, but it was something that I knew was contributing to this team making it to the end with as few interruptions as possible. And there's just a degree of pride that goes along with being treated as though my job was important on that. And I, I thank the writers and the mechanics and, and management for making it feel like that. I think, you know, Nate was bringing up a good point that, you know, the teamwork on the, I think the team never lost sight of the goal. And so everybody put aside, was able to put aside things or was able to be reminded to put aside things when the time was needed that, you know, we were all doing one thing and that greater goal kept everybody kind of in line and that didn't fall apart on this team. And that, that's one of the reasons I think it was so successful between both the crew and the riders, everybody knew their place, knew what they were doing it for, and just did what needed to be done. Now, Tina, I believe it was you who brought this up, but it is incredibly stressful to pilot a tandem. Uh, You've got so much responsibility there, taking care of the person behind you, that level of trust. It's exhausting, and it's very stressful. How did you handle that as it went along? Did you trade off ever? Did you occasionally ride Stoker? And yes, I know your Stokers were visually impaired, but I know that you traded off bikes sometime. So I'm wondering if uh, there were ever two non-visually impaired people on the same bike Ah. at the same time. You know, we talked about that because there was some concern around West Virginia Hills 
and just whether the pairings as we had them would, would work. But um, it ended up that Kyle and Chris and, and Dan and Charles, the other two um, tandem teams, handled all the really, really steep parts so we didn't have to. And for the record, Tina could have handled it. She, uh, Tina ended up sometimes, like when it got really hard towards the end, Pamela and I would just rotate on her bike. So we're very similar height. And so there was a period where Tina just stayed on and Pamela got off. I got on the bike. Thankfully, we ride the same pedals. And we did that for a few miles. Um, so Tina was a real hero in that sense. So without a whole lot of training together, I'm wondering how you put your strategy together for the poles. Um, I'm wondering, did you occasionally trade off and have uh, different stokers paired with different captains so that you could climb better or ride the flats faster? Uh, we, we did end up needing to do that a little bit. Um, Pamela is a, a really, really strong rider on the flats, and so she and Jack were, were well-matched. Um, and truthfully, I just missed Tina a little bit, so it was nice to get a few a few pulls with her. Yeah, and, and George, different. on uh, on our on, on our other on our other two tandems, we actually you know we never switched um, our pilots and stokers around um, because we just we just all rode so similarly together, and we just all rode um, so strong. Chris and I were were more climbers, and Dan and Charles were more flat to rolling hills people and so we just so dan and charles just kept giving chris and i the hills and uh we we enjoyed we we wanted it that way and so we just uh we all just worked really well together um you know i you know i i crashed and broke my arm in kansas and when uh when um you know when i was you know laid up for a little bit and had you know i i would take a little bit shorter poles and dan and charles would take slightly longer poles so you know that was um we just you know we just constantly worked together as uh, as teammates in that regard as well. You crashed and broke your arm and took shorter pulls because of that. Yeah. So I, uh, I, uh, we hit, we, we hit some, we hit some angled railroad tracks after a hailstorm, And, um, I actually, um, fractured the radial neck of, um, um, right up by my elbow. And, um, we talked about pulling me off the course and going and getting x-rayed, but I knew that, um, I knew that if I got an x-rayed, the, you know, any doctor was going to say, um, we don't recommend you ride. So I just said, I'll stop it out. We only have like 1500 miles to go. So, um, so I did. And then, uh, a, a week after I got home, I went and got an x-ray and they're like, you rode 1500 miles on this. You're stupid. <laughs> so but I, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have had it any other way. I gave you really bad advice, Kyle, too, because I fell similarly and I was being really optimistic. I got yeah. my elbow x-rayed and mine wasn't broken. So Kyle must have been fine. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but to Kyle's credit, his posture got better and better as the race went on. Like the first day you were you were angled at the side, but you, you definitely oh, yeah. figured out how to deal with it because your, your posture got much, much better from, you know, my hours of staring at you from the back for the from the van so that was awesome i'm surprised i'm surprised you spent time looking at my posture you know (laughs) but but it wasn't just your posture (laughs) very curious with 28 people how did you manage food and how did you keep those vans and rv clean and organized 
Well, I can start on that one as I was in the RV, and um, for the most part, I would drive for 90 minutes and have three hours of prep time, and I spent a lot of that time helping out the kitchen staff. And what they did is they had researched and planned and spent three days uh, preparing food uh, for everyone, and they had a series of massive coolers in each RV, and then uh, every four hours or so, they had uh, the menu planned, and they would start prepping food so that the crew would eat before the cyclists would arrive. They would have meals prepped for the cyclists. And this is, this is six meals a day, mind you, for every time the crew change happened. And then they would make sure the cyclists had all the food they needed in order to get them in the shower and to bed as quickly as is possible. And then afterward, a quick cleanup. We uh, aimed for a 30-minute turnover to have all the food put away, uh, cyclists to bed, and uh, everything ready to go for the next 90-minute drive. And when we arrived at the next spot, it was uh, clean the RVs and get the coolers ready for the van. So when the vans rolled up, all we had to do was pop in new coolers because the cyclists, we knew they had a standing order of what food they wanted and the kinds of food they wanted. So they had coolers ready to go in the vans. We had van coolers ready for the uh, driver and navigator there. And they could uh, pop those in and out for as quick as possible because sometimes these vans were only in camp for 10, 15 minutes before they had to leave, sometimes less than that for the follow vans. Um, and they were just in and out as quickly as is humanly possible. And a lot of it was just a massive, a massive amount of planning portable food and rice cookers on the RV is ready to go at all times. And then we had two different food drops, I believe. Uh, and if uh, one of the RV staff is listening to this later and I'm wrong, I apologize. But I think we had the two food drops with uh, families and friends who would drop off Again, three or four or five massive coolers worth of food uh, that the RV staff would then package away and put away and ration out for all of these six meals a day until the next food drop so that at all times food was ready and efficient and, and clean and ready to go. Tina, Carolyn, Kyle, you've all said what an amazing crew you had. I've got to chime in and agree with you wholeheartedly. You guys sound like you were amazing. I don't know how they, they, I don't know how they knew, knew to organize it so well. Oh, my gosh, 100%. Like, things I didn't even know I wanted they had available. It was – I'm so impressed with what our team did, especially in terms of food prep and I'll say delivery, for lack of a better term. And amazingly enough, and a huge credit to all the people working with the food, as far as I know, nobody on our team got sick. Um, and I think – from hearing about other people's rams, that's not always the case. So, again, awesome kudos to them. Now, I'd really like to hear your individual feelings as you got to the finish. As I've finished rams six times, and only once have I come into the finish feeling like, yep, I gave it my all. That was the best race I could have had, rather than spending those few miles at the end thinking, uh, what could I have done better? I've got to come back and, and do a better job. Tina, let's start with you. Um, well, I mean, in part due to lack of sleep and everything, I, I it wasn't the feeling of joy that I'd kind of always thought it would be. You know, when you dream it, you always think that, oh, it'll be like this, this massive amount of joy. But I, I, I always, I, I kind of say that I was so happy to have finally finished this massive dream that, um, that I'd always wanted to do that. It was kind of like when you, um, you, you get so happy that you don't even really realize you're happy. Like when you get so hungry that you can't really even eat anymore. That's the way I thought I was, I was thrilled. 
Um, I, I was really happy with how we'd done. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I did think to myself, you know, gee, if I did this again, you know, what would I do different? Would I want to do it again? That sort of thing. Those, those feelings were there. Um, but all, all in all, it was a, it was a dream come true. And, um, and I was thrilled and I was just so happy to be there with, uh, with, with all my old and new friends. And also, um, my friend who drove me out to see Carolyn, um, at three thirty in the morning in 2012, she has actually moved out of the DC area, but her parents, she made her parents, she yelled at them to get up in the morning and get your ass out there. Um, and she made her parents come. So her mom and dad were there taking pictures and congratulating us. So it was kind of like completing the circle of something that I'd been wanting to do since three thirty in the morning on a Monday in 2012. And, and I say, it was just, um, I don't think I've ever been that happy in a long time. Carolyn? You know, I had this, this simultaneous feeling of absolute relief that it was over and that everybody was safe because that's the primary thing for me when I'm piloting is get everybody to finish safely. Um, but then I was also sad that it was over, strangely. Like, I had been really struggling for a while and, like, needing it to be done because I've been building up to this race for so long. But then it's like, it's really sad when it's over. You're like, oh, it's, it's done. Now what? And to your point, um, for like two weeks after I were just past the two week mark, I was waking up or I was having nightmares about missing my time to ride. And that uh, is super strange. <laughs> Kyle? Yeah, I had, I had those too. Um, and in fact, it was like having, it was being on a weird kind of jet lag because I never knew what time it was or where I was. And one time my sister called me at eight at eight at night and I'd been sleeping and I woke up and I go, I got a ride. I got a ride. And she's just like, Oh God, I'm going to hang up the phone now. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, for me crossing the finish line, it was, I think it was kind of similar to, to Tina in that it was like, you know, you always envision like this, like throwing your arms up in the air, like, Woo-hoo, like celebrate. Um, but for me, it was, our last shift was actually um, fairly stressful. Um, so, uh, you know, neither my pilot or I had gotten much sleep um, before our final shift. And um, we were, we were going back and forth with another team and um, we, you know, our team was just like, we are not going to wait for 45 minutes to an hour to let this team get, you know, get on stage before us. Um, and so our, our two tandems, you know, on our, on our, on C to C, um, we started pushing the pace and racing and, um, Chris and I, um, we, we hit a turn and just started climbing a wicked steep hill and didn't shift quick enough and snap the, I mean, just straight snap the chain on, uh, our bike and just started rolling backwards. So it was a little bit, you know, we, so we had some frustrations boil over and, and then it was just like, you know, let's, we got to step back, calm down. So we still had a little bit of those frustrations rolling over into the finish line. But, you know, once we actually lined up across, you know, we, once we got those four bikes wide um, and actually rolled across the finish line itself, it was just one of those things. Like we were just so happy to be there with our teammates. We were, you know, it was like, we're done. Like we've planned this, we've executed it. And now it's, it's, it's like the bike race, it, you know, the ride part, it's, it's over, but, um, 
then, you know, immediately you, I, you know, I started thinking like, you know, wow. Um, I wonder if I, if I want, if I want to do this again, or if I would like to, um, do it on a format of four bike team, or, you know, could I do it on a two bike team? Could I do, you know, could I eventually do it solo, um, or something along those lines? So, um, so, you know, I, I definitely, you know, thought about, um, you know, what, what could I have done differently or could I have pushed harder? Um, but ultimately, um, you know, my, my goals were to, you know, just, you know, have a fun time, um, be as safe as humanly possible. Um, and, you know, leave with more friends at the end of the trip than I did, um, coming into it and definitely, um, definitely met that goal for sure. So I was, it was just, uh, I, I always had, (laughs) you know, I, I still have a hard time describing what it's like to, to finish, and cross that finish line because it's it's not a it's not a finish line it's really just the it's hopefully the start of something more um for all of us you know because we you know as a as a team you know, we had a we had a higher purpose and a higher higher mission you know we didn't just want to be the first you know team with blind vision impaired stokers to cross the finish line we wanted to you know use ram as a platform to um show people out there that look i mean we can work together as a team, um, you know, blind and sighted people side by side to execute just about any goal you set your mind to, whether that is, you know, working in a workplace environment or whether it's completing the world's toughest bike race. Jim, Nate, I think I'd love been... to have the crew perspective on that same question. I mean, this is something you've been planning and working on for a year and, and it's gone. Go ahead, Jim. You go first. All right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, I think it was interesting for me, like, so for the last leg, my shift was done. So Andrea, um, who we refer to each other as van spouses. So my van wife, you know, and the other people on that shift, we chose to stay awake in the RV and kind of just chat on the way back into the finish line to wait for, you know, Kyle's, Kyle's crew to get across. And, it was really cool, like to have that. It was in some ways it was over, but it was you know we were just kind of it was the first time in eight days that I had relaxed, um, and but it was still you know we were able to talk about it and it was really amazing to be able to go there and see them finish and yeah for me coming home, um, the first first morning after I got back I remember waking up and I didn't say it I caught myself before I said it but I looked at my wife and I almost said are we sh- shuttle or follow van. You know, it just, I was just waking up and that's what you're trying to figure out is which, 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 which mindset do I need to be in? Um, and, and that's kind of past now, but, but again, just even just talking with, with the, with the crew and the gang on the phone, you just realize how much you miss these people. And I think most of us came away with really, really, really strong, um, friendships. I know for me, um, I was amazed with Andrea, how, how much, fun we had and you know it, it could have gone so much different you know you're in a van for you know, the crew for the van crews we did two or three bicycle shifts at a time so we were in the van for 12 to 14 hours and then you're sleeping you know two feet from that person in the rv so we were together for you know eight days you know other than going to the bathroom within two feet of each other pretty much and you know that that could go 
very different than it did. And I had an amazing experience. And so with Andrea and everybody else, I came away with a much with, with a bunch of great friends and I'm super excited about that. Nate. I remember it was the same thing where I was not on, I had driven the previous 12 hours, had the few hours off, mostly stayed awake. Those it was not entirely coherent state with the excitement still building. And uh, I remembered uh, being at the finish line and just, being kind of outside my own body and watching the fruits of all of this labor from this incredible team come together. And uh, I know that emotionally all the writers had their things going on, but to stand back and watch it, it was a lot more like the scene where you've got the four or five gangsters in slow motion and the black thin neckties going down the road. Coming down was this team at this moment that had so many miles before it all happening right then and there. And I kind of stepped back and took it all in. And I knew that it was being better filmed than I could film it. There are people closer grabbing the speeches than I could grab. And I sat there just smelling the air, taking it in, and watching all of you having your moment of, of coming into this finish line after so many uh, weeks and hours and months and, and years worth of work to come to it. And I just kind of took it all in in a very strange and surreal way. And uh, to Kyle's point, yeah, you know, I've got more friends now than I did going in. Um, I've not had a chance to email you yet, Kyle, but we're going hiking. We're going to do some Colorado trail hiking. Over the next uh, three years, we're going to take uh, a few days Absolutely. each summer and get together and hike the entire thing. And any of you are welcome to come along. Anybody listening to this is welcome to come along, sighted or not. And, and I think that another important uh, message to the whole thing is the fact that there are so uh, – I, I lost sight, uh, no pun intended, of the fact that we were working with people who couldn't see. Uh, we were all racing this incredible thing with abilities beyond mine doing this. And, oh, yeah, it turns out we've got some visual impairment going on. But it was so easy to forget about that with all that's going on. And I had the absolute pleasure of riding home after the race and decompressing uh, with Kyle as in the, in the co-chair, driving the RV another 1,500 miles back to home and talking to me about workplace adaptations. And it turns out, you know, as, a, as an, a small business owner, I had a handful of questions, and it's really easy to hire blind people. The fact is, with a very little bit of investment in uh, changing some of our behaviors or a little bit of adaptive technology, we're, we're looking at a very equal workplace, all things considered. They were just some adaptations that hadn't occurred to me, some overlays on iPhones that I didn't know existed, and with really very little investment, um, I can hire world-class people that right now are being overlooked with only, uh, with what, 70% unemployment for blind and visually impaired. So um, I'd forgotten that the people we were working with were blind uh, in this pursuit of a world-class uh, accomplishment. So really, thank you, Kyle, and everybody else for uh, putting it in perspective, just how uh, little is necessary from the sighted community in order to put your talents to use for everybody else. Now, to conclude, just want to say I, I'm curious. This is, is this the first time that the five of you have talked together since the finish? I yeah, mean, it would be really uh, hard to get on a, a group conference call, yeah? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. first time. <laughs> yeah, I think the WhatsApp had continued for a while, and I'm still going to print that out at some point because we communicated as backup and as general communication with the WhatsApp with everybody on it, and that's that that is going to be something to to go through at some point and see all of the different moments throughout the race that were captured on there. Now, in conclusion, I'd love for each of you to just give it us a 
30-second summation of what this meant to you. Tina, let's start with you. Um, well, as I said, this was something um, that I got to fulfill a dream that I've had for almost a quarter century. And, uh, you know, it's it was a thrill in that way. And we, at the beginning, we set out three goals for our team that everyone would finish safely, which with the exception of Kyle's arm, I guess we did, um, <laughs> that we would finish in under eight days, which we did, and that we would all be better friends at the end of the race. And, um, and I think we've, we met all those goals. We smashed all those goals. And, um, and, and for me, I had set out the goal um, to, that I would be a good teammate and that I would help more than I, uh, I guess, what is it, Paul McCartney says, the love you take is equal to the love you make, that, that I wouldn't take more than I gave. And so I hope I was able to meet that goal because these people are like my new Ram family and, um, and I love them and I want to be a good teammate for them. Jim? Yeah, I think for me, it was, I wanted to make sure that um, I didn't screw up my role too bad. I mean, as a navigator, you're going to make mistakes and everybody knows that, but I was hoping to keep it to a minimum and I felt like I did. So I was happy with that. But coming away with all these new friends and for me, not having had a lot of interaction with visually impaired people. So even the 24 hour trainings and all of that, just getting to be around these amazing people, it really opened me up to see what what the capabilities are and and how amazing how amazing they are and so i was happy to be able to learn and get that experience as well because that was something that i've just not had the opportunity before this to to have carolyn yeah so i'll echo tina's comments that i feel like we transcended friendship and moved into the family realm i mean in that people saw well these people saw me at my best and at my worst no question um and i'm just so grateful to everybody that made this possible. Um, but then just in terms of the larger mission, I think this really is just, just the beginning in that we are trying to show people what blind and visually impaired people are capable of. I've been lucky enough to have many close friends that are blind and visually impaired for over a decade. And um, it's really surprising to me when I hear people say still, oh, blind people can be lawyers. Um, so I really hope people do see the documentary that we're putting together. Yeah, like half of my blind friends are, are lawyers. Um, but I hope people see see the documentary. I hope they start to realize, um, to Nate's point, you know, how many talented people are available to be hired. Um, and, and it really doesn't take a ton of um, extra energy on the part of the employer. Nate? I just want to say thank you to all of you. Uh, I walked away with such inspiration in what people can do when they get together. Um, it was just, it was really inspiring to be with all of you and see what everybody could bring to the table and how well a group of professionals could be when we were all similarly motivated to get to the end. And I think that everybody carried their part and more, which is one of the things that made it so good. Kyle? Yeah, just to echo everyone else's you know, sentiments. I mean, this was, I mean, it was, it was more than friendships. It was more than a team. It was, it was a, you know, we all moved into that, that Ram family mode. And, um, you know, you know, like, like you said, this is, this wasn't the, it wasn't the end. It was, it's really just the beginning. You know, I think all of us are going to just keep in contact. Um, definitely have plans to get together with um, a lot of people, um, on the team over the, over the coming years. Um, you know, Nate and I are planning on hitting some Colorado trail stuff. 
Jim's already promised to pilot me for uh, the Leadville 100 mountain bike race in a few years. Um, you know, and, and, you know, just always keeping in touch with, you know, with my fellow stokers and, and pilots and, you know, they, you know, those, those people, you know, inspire me every day to uh, always push myself, um, professionally, personally, um, physically, you know, every, every day. So it's, you know, it's just been, you know, it's, it's not, you know, this isn't the end. It's hopefully just the beginning of something really special. Well, it's team C to C. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Tina Ament, Jim Holden, Carolyn Gaynor, Nate Faudel, and Kyle Kuhn. Thanks so much. Well, thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. From the Race Across America studios in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.